I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello from the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 5, Georgetown. That tiny Georgetown gym looked familiar, didn't it? The last time WVU played in that tiny gym, it was the first round of the 2014 NIT tournament. You know, the NCAA tournament is the tournament. And then from there... You go down steps of sadness. WVU's experienced the lowest level of sadness, like the the seller of sadness, the sad tournament. But one step below the NCAA is the NIT. And that's the last time WVU played Georgetown. WVU lost by 12. Last game in a WVU uniform for Aaron Harris, Terry Henderson, Remy Debo. You remember the Remy Debo season? And it didn't look good for a lot of this game. WVU was down three at the half. They were down six early in the second half. This game was tied with six minutes left. And then WVU scored the next nine and ended up winning by nine, 80 to 71. So let's get the bat out of the way first, all right? The game plan for defense for WVU against Georgetown was they can't shoot, (laughs) okay? So go under the screen. I mean, Huggins probably didn't say go under the screen and then let him shoot a wide open three. So they may have failed there, but they didn't change in the second half. They they did a better job of going under the screen screen and then getting up on them. Uh, But WVU gave up 11 threes today to Georgetown, which is definitely the most in a game out of the first five games. So not great. Every guy for WVU that was 6'9 or taller, they had two fouls in the first half, which has to be some kind of record. Cottrell, two fouls. Gabe, two fouls. Culver, two fouls. Oscar, two fouls. Cinny had one on the bench. Like, it was bad. And I don't know, like... That's five out of five games where at least one guy's been in foul trouble. We have not had a game yet where one of the guys is not in foul trouble. This is the first game where four guys had two fouls each. <laughs> it's so crazy. And I guess that's the game plan if you're playing WVU. Is like they got all these giant guys. Try to get them to foul you so they can leave the court. But how can that be? How can that strategy work a hundred percent of the time? I'm just asking. I, I have no idea. But that was bad. Gabe, first game he came down to earth out of five games. Cottrell, back to pre Gonzaga Cottrell, 0 for four today. Show, shot robot. He's not been shooting great, but today his body language lacked confidence. 
So the other games, he wasn't shooting well, but he'd hit a dagger three late, or he'd give you the sign like, yeah, I still got this. And I didn't see it today from Shot Robot. And I don't want to think about last year after Emmett Matthews took the fall and hit his head. I don't want to compare the two, but you can't help think about comparing the two. So hopefully that's not the same as what uh, Emmett Matthews experienced last year. What else was bad? Oh, the play-by-play guy. He was loaded with puns. <laughs> you know, the, these play-by-play announcers, they're, they're not in the building. They're either in their home or in an office or studio close to their home. or I don't know where they're at. They're not, they're not on site, okay? And so uh, maybe you're more comfortable. I know I'm more comfortable saying dumb things. Uh, punny things here in the Dyer Prime studio. Uh, who am I kidding? I, I I like the. I'm a 40 year old man, and I lean into dad jokes. But this guy had them loaded up. He also was loaded up with jinxing our guys. Single handedly ended Taz's perfect streak from the free throw line. Single handedly. Ended shot robots perfect form at the free throw line. I mean, just the obvious setup, like, oh, Taz Sherman, perfect from the line up to this point this season. Clank. Like it's just it's on you. It's on you, dude. Shibway. Speaking of play-by-play guys and and color commentators. Shibwe, he's gotten the Irish treatment. We remember, we'll never forget Oshibwe. Now, today, Oscar was in the Black Panther universe. He was getting Tushibwe. Like, definitely sounding out the T <laughs> from our good friend Steve Lavin, or whatever that guy's name is. Is that what his name is? He used to coach in the Big East. Anyways, that was bad. Because... You know, this is Oscar's second year. He's not a freshman. He's in like all Big 12. He's on he's on lists. The play-by-play guy's getting it right. They're, they're not the only two people from Fox Sports as part of this broadcast. There's got to be a producer saying, uh, Steve, stop saying Toshibwe. The T is silent. Prepa- preparation going into the game. Yeah, you know, I know it's spur of the moment. Toshibwe? <laughs> Gosh, in year two? That's the bad. The good. There's so much good in this game. Number one, from a big picture, WVU is 4-1, and one, and they've played zero games in Morgantown, which is impressive. Any streak away from home to go 4-1. and one. I mean, to have five games away from Morgantown to start the season, that's like NBA road trips. College rarely gets into that long road trip thing, unless you're a smaller school getting money by going to these different schools. So four and one with no home games. Deuce McBride. Loved everything about his game today. 17 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, four steals. We had some deuce post-ups that were successful. We had... I mean, just what did what didn't Deuce do? I mean, WVU's down six early in the second half. Deuce gets his defender to flop, 
steps back, hits a three. Georgetown comes the other way. Dude steals the ball in the lane, runs the other way, does like the slow down, hey, what I want to do, boom, pass to Oscar. Oscar slam dunked the ball. And that's five points real quick like all Deuce McBride. So he's came out, he's blazing first five games of the season. He's averaging 15 points a game, four and a half assists, and only a little over one turnover a game. So all the, ah, we need a point guard. Deuce is doing the point just fine. That's like four and a half assists versus one turnover, and it's and it's early in the season, and they're going to get into Big 12 play, and it's going to change a little bit. But that's like four and a half assists to one turnover. I mean, we're talking, this is Jawan Staten territory as far as assist turnover ratio, okay? It's not... It's not a little thing that he's taking care of the ball. So that's fantastic. Great game by Deuce. Derek Culver, he was one of those guys with early foul trouble, so he only played 18 minutes a day. Guess what he did in 18 minutes? 14 points, 9 rebounds in 18 minutes. He's basically averaging a point a minute, which is insane. Because if you did that for a game, you'd have 40 points by my math. Four out of five from the free throw line. So the early free throw shooting is still going great. Zero turnovers for Derek Culver. So five games in, it's only five games in, but it looks like Culver, you know, the question before the season that I propose is like, is Culver just going to be Culver? And the answer is no, five games in. He's taking a step up in rebounds, points, turnovers are down. He's doing all that. Even his rough games, like today and the first game, he's still getting you double digits, either points or rebounds. He's getting it done. And he's the most impressive. Deuce has come out of the gates hot, and I would say Derek Culver has been the most impressive guy five games into the season. So that's fantastic. Those two guys leading the team so far. How did Taz Sherman get 12 points? My man Taz is a second-half monster. It's great. And he he loves to break ties. Or, hey, how do you cap off a run or start a run? Taz Sherman. All right? I mean, what are we talking about? Who broke the tie and started the 9-0 run to put it away? Taz. Nine of his 12 points in the second half. Again, he's there. In the game, he started the second half over Shot Robot, and he made clutch shots. His stats, second half versus first half, they're impressive. He's finishing the game. You want Taz on the floor, second half, and he's getting it done. Today was the first sighting of aggressive Emmett Matthews Jr., not quiet Emmett Matthews Jr. He finished an alley-oop. He got a steal and drove it and got a layup. He drove them from the left side and dunked the ball hard over a guy. He made a three to put WVU up 10 late. He played the most minutes for this team today. So my man, all these guys are my man, but Emmett Matthews Jr., 13 points, four rebounds in his best game of the season by far. Fantastic to see that from Emmett. Jordan McCabe's on the board. He made a three. He made a mid-range jumper. 
He's known for his rebounding. He got four rebounds today. Great effort in nine minutes by our buddy Jordan McCabe. Jalen Bridges made a three. So he's on the board. So all these 0 for games, those two guys went three for four today. If they can keep any game where they're going three for four is going to be a good thing, I think. The foul trouble. Now, that's a negative, but it made Huggins go with these small lineups that Mike Kazaza was talking about in his preview that Huggins was kind of bouncing around as an idea of how they were going to play. I mean, you saw it today. It, it, the, the foul trouble kind of facilitated Huggins to do some different things with the lineup. So we saw Jalen Bridges at the four at one point in the first half. Emmett Matthews played a ton of four today. And Derek Culver, Gabe, there was a handful of times in the first half where Gabe, playing with two fouls, was playing the five. So I don't know how much we're going to see that, but it's an interesting wrinkle that Huggins didn't abandon. He kind of he kind of stuck with it when he when he had it out there. And a big positive today, and it's the second time this season they've done this, only five turnovers. The other time they only had, what did they have, four? So only five turnovers. Now, Huggins would say, and after the game, he was saying that it's a product, uh, especially in the first half, of West Virginia taking early shots, not passing the ball around, which I agree. But they passed the ball around in the second half, still only had five turnovers. So I don't care who they played. Historically, Bob Huggins' teams, they don't have those kind of low turnover games and that's two out of five games where they've had low low turnover numbers and i would say overall from this game despite uh, me being a nervous wreck for most of this is that you can look year over year and see the growth of the of the particular guys that are contributing from last year to this year and i, I point to the saint john's game wvu undefeated goes to madison square garden Loses a heartbreaker at St. John's. St. John's was not as good as WVU last year, but beat them. WVU comes to Washington, D.C., goes to the small gym, and defeats Georgetown with a true road win. And they did it in front of cardboard cutouts of dogs, which has got to count for something. So great win, true road wins. It, it can be Youngstown State last year. Any true road wins are awesome wins. And it was a little more nerve-wracking <laughs> than what I was hoping from a team that just got off of a loss to Navy at home. But WBU pulls through, wins this one. They go to 4-1. and one. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas time. You know what you think of Christmas? Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas season, and Dyer Prime can help you with a certain Christmas item this holiday season. Stocking. You know, you fill up the stocking. You don't. Santa does. What if you could get a professionally embroidered stocking with a human name or pet name on it? Dyer Prime can do that. Limited quantities exist. Fine, fancy looking stockings 
with your name embroidered on it. Call or text Dyer Prime to find out more, 304-767-4445, or find them on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Dyer Prime, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. We're five games into the season, and I'm just noticing something after this game that I didn't really think about regarding how a pandemic has affected college basketball. No handshake lines. <laughs> like a staple of college basketball is the handshake line after the game. You know, the the half-hearted good game or, you know, like they aren't into it, but it's a it's something you do, right? But in a pandemic, you don't do that. No handshake line. I don't even see like elbow bumping with masks masks on. And what's interesting is how the different coaches are handling it. The coaches will sometimes throw caution to the wind and just go ahead and do the handshake. And probably because it's old habit. The clock goes to zero. Huggins is will already start walking to the other sideline historically. Like, I, can we just get this out of the way and go through the line? And so he, the Gonzaga game, him and Mark Few, they were together talking just like a normal thing, right? As normal as it's going to be. The players didn't do the handshake line, but they did have the conversation. I watched some of Villanova versus Texas today in another Big East, Big 12 challenge game. Villanova beat Texas today at Texas. And Jay Wright, and this guy's smooth, right? Jay Wright dresses well, getting it done. He's won national championships, plural. But his move today, he gave the double peace sign from his side of the court. Looked like to everybody in the in the in the building, but especially directed towards the, all of the Texas players and coaches. It, it was almost like he finished a concert. And not just like a particular concert at a city, like a like a festival concert. It was real a lot of peace and love from Jay Wright, which I thought was interesting. I've seen the wave followed by the finger point. <laughs> like the quick, like you don't you don't do the wave like uh <laughs> you know how guys are. Like it wasn't like a, oh hey, how's it going? It's like Show the hand right to the point, the masculine point, right? So I've I've seen that. And so in regards to today's game, Georgetown, coached by a legend, a Hall of Famer, Patrick Ewing, won a national championship for Georgetown, didn't win anything in the NBA, right? But he did win that. You can't take away the national championship and he's coaching his alma mater. He's a dream teamer. There's only one dream team and Patrick Ewing was on it and he's over there as a WVU player. How could you not approach him at up to six feet at a safe distance and give him a good game coach? Thank you for Barcelona. Remember that one time he was on the same team with all those other guys. Remember when you played with Christian Leitner on the Dream Team? You know, just like small talk stuff. But it's your chance to talk. There's only 12 guys that was on 
the dream team. So, you know, there's your chance to talk to one of them. Wait, am I showing my age here? <laughs> Let me look up Derek Culver's age. Okay, so Derek Culver was born in 98. <clears throat> Wait, Derek Culver was negative six years old when the Dream Team played in the 92 Olympics in Barcelona. So he was four when Patrick Ewing was coming off the bench in Orlando in his final season before he retired, which is kind of a thing for legendary big men. Some people missed out on it. But, you know, everybody's got that weird year who's over seven feet where they didn't, you know, they play with the same team for a bunch of years. You have the the Robert Parrish uh, Charlotte year. Didn't Elijah Wan play for not the Rockets uh, one year? Anyways, it happens. Shaq did it a couple of times. So never mind. All those guys on WVU would have to ask somebody, like, who's that super tall dude that had a mask specifically made for him? Uh, Who's that guy? He probably did something, right? Because he's a giant? Yeah. Yeah, he played with Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. And you know who Michael Jordan is because of that documentary during the pandemic, right? <clears throat> Anyways, I guess I'm asking you, if you were the head coach, what would be your move in a win? If you're not going to do the handshake, what what are you doing? Are you giving like the <laughs> are you giving like the over over the top wave, like going across the body. Are you doing like finger guns? Hey, good game shooter. You know, what would it be in a loss? Would you just, would you just leave? I think I've seen that too. They like the game ends and everybody just leaves like no recognition of the other team. Just like, all right, game's over. Did I hear the horn? I'm out of here. I'm asking you what you're moving to win and what you're moving a loss. Let me know on the on the internet. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable doubt is on the social media. On Instagram at unreasonable doubt wv. On Twitter at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook. Go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it. Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Brace yourself. The next game for WVU is a home game. The first home game... Of the year happens in the first full week of December for WVU. They're going to come home to play Robert Morris, which is Pittsburgh adjacent. (laughs) Smaller college right outside Pittsburgh. They are undefeated coming into this game, Robert Morris is. They're 1-0. And I look to see, all right, well, that's, that's not a lot of games, but they have one under their belt. Who did they win over? And they won against a team 
called Point Park. And I and you're asking the same question. What is Point Park? Like that doesn't even sound like a college. That sounds like, you know, a place you'd go to to walk your dog. Or like, oh, did you did you get the shelter? Did you get the shelter three at Point Park? But in fact, it's a university. It used to be a junior college. And it's a NAIA school from Pittsburgh. So Robert Morris is undefeated because they beat that. They're 232nd in the Ken Palm rankings, but they're picked to finish in the top half of the Horizon Conference. Hmm? And you can't overlook the Colonials of Robert Morris. Why? Kansas yesterday almost got taken out at home in the fog by North Dakota State who has not won at all yet which is different than Robert Morris. Robert Morris is undefeated. North Dakota State hasn't won a game. They played good competition, but they they were hanging tight with Kansas and Kansas had to come back in the second half against the Bison. What I'm saying is they're 232nd in the Ken Palm range. You can't overlook them. But what I'm hoping is less minutes for Deuce. Hopefully there'll be a Tosh Thweet signing, uh, sighting. Perhaps our first Spencer Mackey sighting. I'm not asking for much. Perhaps a Cine sighting. Maybe a mystery number 32 sighting. It'd be great if mystery number 32 came into the game and the play-by-play guy in like Bristol, Connecticut says, uh, oh, and here's uh, uh, that guy. Here's There's number 32. He checks into the game. That guy. I don't have notes on him, but he's in the game. He's got a jersey on. This will be the biggest point spread of the season with WVU being a favorite is what I'm saying, but they can't overlook them. Very, very small percentage trap game because the next game is against a good team, Richmond. Anyway, also, it's time to fork over your six bucks to Disney, a.k.a. ESPN Plus, to watch this one. This is the first ESPN Plus game of the season. Reset your wireless router. You know, unplug it, plug it back in, do what you need to do to get the strongest bandwidth. I think that's what that is. I got to say, the like ESPN main, like the games that are on the television, like on ESPN, the one that's part of your cable package, those play-by-play guys or ladies and color commentators they're sometimes in different places. Sometimes they're in the same place in different rooms. But it looks like nice setups. Will, if the main announcers are in those setups, your your top teams, will the ESPN Plus play-by-play person be calling the game from like a Starbucks? <laughs> or like an empty public library? Hey, I'm I'm Josh from and I'm I'm at a Starbucks. Let me move to this counter closer to the router. I don't know. Empty public library. 
you know, there's a pecking order for the different, <laughs> in my mind, there's a pecking order for these different play-by-play uh, color commentary teams. And if you're at the ESPN Plus level, I just want you, <laughs> I just want you grabbing your like a free Wi-Fi at the airport. Hey, I'm at Charlotte. I'm at the Douglas International. Whatever. I'm at the Charlotte Airport. I'm in a rocking chair, close to the Hudson News Place, and we've got a great game tonight between WVU and Robert Morris. I just, I just want there to be different levels to this. A guy can wish, right? That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Down. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts is a great one. Spotify is a great one. Google Podcasts, great one. Overcast, great one. You know another great one? Castbox. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. You're listening on something called Radio Public. There's a subscribe button. Hit it. If you see a subscribe button when you're listening to this podcast, Tap it. That helps the podcast, I think. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're 4-1. <laughs>